The great outdoors is a place of enjoyment, peace, and solitude. But at times, the outdoors experience goes dark. Increasingly, outdoors lovers are encountering criminal elements, psychos, dangerous wildlife, and strange weather occurrences. Our goal is to raise awareness by equipping you with cutting-edge information and to shine light into the dark outdoors. All right, this is Chester Moore with Dark Outdoors. And um, the last few days, about the last week, I've been getting lots of people contacting me about some strange drowning deaths in the Austin area, in the area of Lady Bird Lake. If that name doesn't sound familiar, you might know of Town Lake, which it was called Town Lake until the early 2000s. They changed the name from Town Lake to Lady Bird Lake. And immediately, because of the demographic and the situation of the people who were younger men in this i thought of the show i did last year with my friend william ramsey of william ramsey investigates of the smiley face killers so i reached out to him it turns out of course he's already on the case and he was kind enough to uh call in and connect so uh william thank you so much for coming on the program chester it's great to be with you again thanks for the invite yeah, I hate that we have to meet in such bizarre circumstances all the time. Uh, but uh, this is something that's hit my home state area. I used to frequent, um, uh, not the party district, but I used to work with Texas Parks and Wildlife a lot in their headquarters in Austin. Very familiar with that lake and that area. And uh, it seems there's been a stream of bodies uh, in this town lake area, this Ladybird Lake, under some of the same mysterious circumstances that you and I have talked about before. Indeed. Very many recently, actually, within the last two or three months. And as you know, you've been to that lake. It's not a menacing lake. It's almost like a big pond. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's barely like a wave over an inch tall. So uh, if people fell in, they could probably get out. But there have been a, really a lot there. Mm -hmm. And it's brought the attention or to the attention of people in Austin. So mm -hmm. they are calling this stream of deaths the Lady Bird Lake Killer. They think yep. it's, you know, there's a rumor of a serial killer there. Some of the names are Jason John, Jonathan mm -hmm. Honey. Mm -hmm. uh, there was another Cliff. I forgot his last name, but there's been, and this is kind of a recent spate. There was three in a row in 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Lex Fold White and Gutierrez, Martin Gutierrez. Mm -hmm. And there's been some other ones as well. So uh, there's definitely something going on there now. And uh, there was actually a ch uh, young man who survived possibly being drugged. He had no memory of what happened to him over the 60 hours he was missing. His name was Christopher Pugh. So he's wow. not included in these kind of mm -hmm. uh, known deaths. Mm -hmm. um, but this, uh, you know, is really, and there's a huge Facebook page you can read about yeah, all the speculation yeah. going on. Lady Bird Lake Killer, 66,000 last time I checked, 66,000. Yeah, it was like 60,000 when I checked last time. And I've also heard the name there, the Rainy Street Ripper, because it's connected go. to uh, Rainy Street, which is down there by Town Lake in that kind of party district of Austin. And the one that came across uh, my desk, so to speak, was the Jason John case. That's the one that made me kind of stop and go, oh, man, this is because uh, you and I communicate when I see something weird in the news related to this. I'll send you an email. And, and I saw another one pop up like I need to get him back on. But for the listeners who are not familiar, you can go back and listen to the Smiley Face Killers episode from season one of Dark Outdoors. Just explain real quickly the Smiley Face Killer phenomenon and why we would even consider tying it in with what's going on in Austin. Right. Good question. I, it's It goes back to two people who investigated it separately. Mm -hmm. One was a guy by the name of Gannon, who was a New York police officer. Mm -hmm. And the other was Gilbertson, who is a criminologist in 
uh, I think it's either Minnesota or Wisconsin, who saw this phenomenon. So yeah. they independently were researching and got together and said, hey, there's something going on. Uh, Gannon, the, the kind of one of the first cases known was a guy by the name of McNeil, mm -hmm. who was a Fordham student in 1997 in Manhattan, who disappeared out of a bar, was later found downriver, uh, floating up face up, which is very strange for people who drowned and very mm -hmm. suspicious. And actually, uh, there was an autopsy that found that he had been uh, really abused, like tortured before he was found in water. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really a water death. And uh, the, the person who looked at his autopsy is a very well-known pathologist by the name of Cyril Wecht and mm -hmm. said that the guy had been burned. So they noticed this pattern of young men disappearing later to be found in water. And they, they also noticed that there was a smiley face associated with where these people went in water. So that's how this phenomenon mm -hmm. got the name smiley face killers. Yeah. And so it's grown. And so then they research it. They did a, a case studies, very detailed case studies. People could read their book. I highly recommend it. It's mm -hmm. called Case Studies in Forensic Drownings. Sure. And they did 14 cases. Uh, but that's kind of like the first book that was put out about it. But then it kind of grew and people were noticing cases happening in other places. I was watching it as well. I thought it was an urban myth. Yeah. I thought that these people were literally falling in and drowning. And then I started studying it myself and realized this is much stranger than that. They are not even, some of them aren't even in water and some people haven't been drinking, which is even stranger. So you would think if they're not drinking and they fell in water, they would just get mm -hmm. out. Much like the, the Lady Bird Lake. It's, it's not a menacing body of water by any stretch of the imagination. So I studied it. I, I hooked up with Jim Smith, who's on Twitter mm -hmm. and follows a lot of these cases. And I put together two documentaries. Yes. The first documentary, documentary I put in a pretty... I would hope to think thorough documentary is three and a half hours long. It's probably too oh, yeah. long, but uh, it goes through 88 cases. So you can yes. kind of see the pattern mm -hmm. and that's uh, available on Vimeo or Amazon. And then I followed up over COVID uh, when I was locked in uh, with a second one called the global slaughter continues because this phenomenon is happening all over the world where young men are disappearing. So it's kind of a mystery as to the motive and what's going on, but then it's just flared up after kind of COVID ended Mm -hmm. uh, really, there's been a lot in Chicago and a lot of new researchers have gotten involved, just like we were talking about 60,000 or whatever on Facebook mm -hmm. looking into this mm -hmm. uh, much, a lot of vigorous, like very intense researchers mapping out a lot of cases that have happening. But Chicago, there's probably been 10 suspicious drowning and a body was found yesterday, a guy by the name of Arce, oh, wow. A-R-C-E. Mm -hmm. um, so I've done a recent show on that. There was a young man who disappeared in Chicago. His name was Seamus Gray. Mm -hmm. And they haven't found his body yet. He literally just disappeared off the face of the earth on St. Patrick's Day. So uh, that's kind of disconcerting. So uh, so this phenomenon's happening. Something's happening in Austin. And there's been videos. I can bring up a video if you want mm -hmm. to look into sure. it, Of a guy who found the body. He wasn't in the water. So there's a lot of information that the public isn't getting... Uh, that there's information that, you know, are uh, these other researchers are finding out. But this is John Honey. He was found. He was on Rainy. Yeah. I think he was in town for like a bachelor party later to mm -hmm. be found in water. And then this is another recent victim, Jason John. Mm -hmm. This is one of the older victims. His name is White. Uh, Christopher White. And then Martin Gutierrez. He's yeah. like, these are young, healthy guys, too. And that fits the pattern because this pattern that has been associated with what's being called the smiley face killers are basically what, like late teens to early 30s? Yeah, like college age, something somewhere around there. Usually, mm -hmm. it, I think it coincides with college because they're no longer at home. 
So yeah. like they're out, they're able to go out at night without parental oversight and stuff like that. Although mm-hmm. some of these guys, it goes all the way up. Like Randy Lexbold, who died in Austin, was I think in his fifties, but he looked he was a healthy guy. Well, well, the thing that struck me and struck me about like when I watched your documentary, you know, looking at these water bodies and, and some water bodies have actually been by rivers and things. Um, if these were just drownings well how come people they're getting sloshed and drunk every weekend in these spots how come people aren't just falling and drowning all the time and how come there aren't women falling and drowning and doing this stuff and and so when i see that pattern pop up i'm like oh man and um you know and austin is a town known it's a college town of course it's a large metro area it's a destination town a lot of people go there to party the real thing that the giveaway of some of these are are something other than just falling in the lake is when they're found nine days later bodies decompose yeah uh, th- even in with if it's cold they will usually float to the surface or be found that's just mm-hmm. a natural state that's mm-hmm. not to drop mm-hmm. very unusual so then and oftentimes some of these people are found in places that have already been searched so yeah. there's massive searches very common with, with these losses mm-hmm. is the family members panic justifiably mm-hmm. so they get the police involved they do a massive search they can't find the body and then it shows up in the same place somebody else has already searched so that's kind of a giveaway that something strange is going on well, and well, I think that's pro- I'm probably happened with this guy, Jason John. Yeah, Jason John. Yeah, that's the one that, that got on my radar first here, uh, seeing the news report of it. And just from you done these exhaustive documentaries, which I love. They're great. You need to go out and check those out. Um, I'll put the link up here. Um, from seeing what's happening in Austin, are there any things emerging from what you've seen so far that really match other patterns in other cities, perhaps some of the things in Boston or other areas that have happened before? Are there, are there certain things that just definitely add up or do you have some questions still? Well, I would say that the cover-ups are very similar in these college towns, Chicago, Boston, the authorities denied anything has happened when they've had probably 30 strange deaths there that really wow. would make people panic. Yeah. Same thing mm-hmm. happened in Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it seems like the authorities really do not really want to address this. And there was a public statement in Austin. Yep. I can pull that up, but uh, they said there's no, you know, nothing going on. And so I had a really clever guest liken it to uh, Jaws where the, the city <laughs> guy is like not wanting to admit it because it's going to hurt business Yeah, um, and create fear. So uh yeah, and I think that something like that is happening behind the scenes. I have really no personal evidence. I just kind of surmise that something like that is happening. But uh, I would say that's a similar similarity. And mm-hmm. also just the kind of nature of these cases where some of these people are acting very strange. So this is Martin Gutierrez's uh, death. But he's somebody says, surveillance video reportedly shows missing Austin man behaving strangely before appearance, disappearance. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of an indicator that he has been drugged. And some of these people say, like, he does, he's not like that. Or they'll say something about their family member, like, oh, he doesn't drink that much. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see that with these kids. It's Seamus Gray, the most recent disappearance that happened in Waukegan, mm-hmm. north of Chicago, like I mentioned earlier on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. He was acting really strange. He got kicked out of the bar. He was wrestling with a guy in the street at 2 a.m. Like, even drunk, that would seem strange. I'm wondering if I don't know his family. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if anybody knows if that's really out of the ordinary, because if that's the case, he might have been drugged too. Well, there was so, the case on the Oxygen series, and I forget the name of the guy. But it was a guy who was a former Navy guy or something, and uh, he was coming out of, of a game. It might have been in Boston. And they had they had the footage of him, and they said he had a couple of beers, but he looked like he had had 50 beers when he walked out of that thing. Right. And, and uh, There was Kelleher in there mm-hmm, in Boston, mm-hmm, TDI mm-hmm, Center, Hurley. Mm-hmm. So these guys, and weird thing happened with Kelleher was mm-hmm. – his phone pinged going south when he was trying to go north. 
Mm. So that was on one of the giveaways. And Hurley was like sitting on this is one of the first cases. Mm-hmm. He was just sitting on a street corner waiting for a ride and just totally disappeared, like off the face of the earth. And then Crazy. was found in water. Yeah, really creepy stuff. So there's like suspect stuff in these cases too. Like what's John doing? Where was he? Mm-hmm. Um, this most recent guy, Honey, was like last seen at a taco stand. Yeah. Like you're at a taco stand standing upright, able to eat food. And then you're suddenly drowning in water. Like, how does that work? Like, that's the yeah. whole thing that the whole myth of yeah. the drownings is maintained in the public is that they think in there. It's a very easy to kind of imagine mm-hmm. in your mind, like a drunk guy falling in and passing out and going down. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case with these cases. So you see even the Seamus Gray surveillance video. He's able to walk and look at his phone. So mm-hmm. he's not that drunk. He's able to kind of tinker around. I don't know what he's doing. Same thing with Dakota James in Pittsburgh. They're walking and looking at their phones. And then this guy, Honey, is able to go get food. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not falling down drunk. So how does he end up in the water? There's a lot of questions there. So you see these similarities in the kind of... Yeah. Pub- there's-, there's a variation between the public perception, mm-hmm. what the police know, mm-hmm. and uh, the actual real facts of what happened. So. Well, what's interesting, looking back and the couple of interviews I've done with you before in looking at this situation in Austin is that you mentioned there was kind of a, a sort of a gap during the COVID era, which would almost suggest that people that might be doing these things are traveling because there was so much travel shut down and people obviously weren't gathering as much like in bars and things. But uh, you had mentioned before a case uh, that happened around the Arnold Classic in Ohio. Yeah, Joey Labute. That was the first case I, I looked at. Yeah, and you know that those those are big events where people come in and out. And even this guy here, um, the honey guy, they were from out of town. Uh, they were he was in a group and got separated from a group um, and things like that. So it's almost um, inter- it's really interesting to me of the idea of people from out of town coming to these places to do these kind of things and leaving. You know, um, right? You know, because I agree with, yeah, I think people have suggested like bands. Yeah. Like there's been cases of bands like playing mm-hmm. and maybe somebody dying and then leaving. Like it's really kind of the perfect crime. If somebody's a re- very sophisticated mm-hmm. criminal, um, they could do something like that. So, and you, you have know, like that's... serial killers that have been numerous ones have been truck drivers and things because of the you know jurisdictional issues of traveling across state lines, especially in the days before there was so much connection to law enforcement through the internet. Um, you know, another crime like, bam, we're doing this, we're on business, leave town, leave out of here. But uh, do you think, you know, we, you know, obviously no one's proven anything on this thing yet, especially here in Austin as it's emerging. But do, do you think, and I know the answer to this, but I want the listeners to hear that this is a serial killer or this is some kind of method that has been shared in the underground or is it groups or all of the above? I think it's groups, and I think yep. it's shared in the underground. And there's okay. a very recent article, uh, uh, interview with mm-hmm. Gannon and his former, like, uh, police officer Duarte mm-hmm. on Chicago Barstool. So I think it's like an adjunct to the Barstool Sports mm-hmm. thing because the interest in Chicago is high, just like Austin. Yeah. And so that interview took place in January, and mm-hmm. he has information I don't. He's mm-hmm. you know, researching it a lot longer. He's really been on site. But he said that he has evidence of the dark web connections. So he says that there's communication in the dark web, that there's other symbols involved other than the smiley face. So there's something else going on, too. Mm -hmm. He mentioned 13 symbols. I have no clue what he's talking about. He probably Mm -hmm. knows more than that. Obviously knows more than me. And then he also said that there's numerology. 
which is very kind of in line uh, with my other kind of occult studies. They are much, mm -hmm. I mean, Christians are involved in dates, Easter, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, very other important dates in the Christian, uh, mm -hmm. you know, yearly calendar. So sure. I, I assume these occultists have the same kind of thing. So he is saying something like that. So I think that he knows that it's an MO, but also shared mm -hmm. by groups. So it's a kind of new crime that's never really been seen before in human history uh, mm -hmm. because of it's something that happened, like you said, travel mm -hmm. and also communication, the ability of people to communicate and, and share kind of criminal knowledge has never really been like it has today. So other interests, people, we can talk, uh, you know, thousands of miles apart. Imagine if you're kind of a criminal in the kind of BDSM, BDSM gay underground or something mm -hmm. like that and doing mm -hmm. this. So I think that, that that's communicating. They're communicating. There's one guy who got caught uh, abducting somebody in Michigan. His name was Ladunsky. Le he mm -hmm. did unspeakable horrors to this young kid in the LGBT community community it's easy to remember his name because it's the same name as the famous actor uh, bacon kevin mm -hmm. bacon his name was kevin bacon but he you can see his social media he was in communication with similar like-minded people all over the place and they like did mm -hmm. weird how howling at the moon type stuff like they thought of wow. themselves as wolves wow yeah, really very kind of strange niche kind of ideology so i think something's going on that this is evidence i mean these deaths are kind of Evidence of sophisticated criminal thought with a lot of uh, pre-thinking, like, uh, you know, these are not pat these aren't crimes of passion. In increasing numbers, people across North America are going missing in the wild. Dark Outdoors is committed to shining light on this topic and raising awareness when public interest in these cases fades away. This week's Missing in the Wild is the case of Teresa Hartley. 66-year-old Teresa Hartley went missing in the Alcala National Forest in Marion County, Florida, March the 10th, 2023. She and a friend were in his truck. The truck broke down, so he went for help. And when he came back, Teresa was gone. Teresa is 66 years old, 5 feet 8 inches tall, weighs 180 pounds. If you have information, call 352-368-3508. That's 352-368-3508. Missing in the Wild is brought to you by Texas Frightmare Weekend, the Southwest premier horror convention. This year's event is taking place May 26th to 28th at the Irvin Convention Center, and I will be appearing there with a Dark Outdoors booth and a Dark Outdoors seminar. Check out TexasFrightmareWeekend.com for more information. And it ties in time to kind of my research into the OM 9A, mm -hmm. which is a satanic cult, which has the same thing. It's now communicating all over the world. Mm -hmm. People are still going into it, but they believe in kind of doing a human sacrifice. They call it an offer, and you're mm -hmm. supposed to do it and not get caught. And some people mm -hmm. have been caught doing it. They've been ca caught with this, you know, having that same mentality where they're, mm -hmm. They view these things as a human sacrifice. So something like that may be involved. And they have like secret writings where you get on your motorcycle, go into another city, commit crimes and leave and try not to get caught, which wow. would tie right into what you said, you know, just a few minutes ago. That, yeah. Like so the average person wouldn't think like that or a cop no. wouldn't think like that or law enforcement. No. But if you're in the occult underground, you might come across some of the secret knowledge. And I came across it because I would just read through it. So I know it exists. And it's mm -hmm. in my book, Global Death Cult. People can read it. 
But so there's a very strange group of people, and like this guy Koberger, if you remember um, the four deaths that all over the news in Moscow, Idaho, remember mm -hmm. that those four mm -hmm. college kids? Yeah. Well, there was a death earlier before those college kids, about three months earlier. That was a smiley face killing death, literally a kid across the street from where those murders happened. Oh, wow. So Koberger may be involved in much more stuff, and he was traveling all over the place. Mm -hmm. He was traveling. This is just ties into your theory. He was mm -hmm. traveling from Washington to Idaho and driving mm -hmm. back to his home base in, in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So if he's a serial killer, what? how smart would that be? Like you commit crime, crimes in these different jurisdictions and mm -hmm. keep moving. And he, somebody said, and I don't know the whole facts about everything about him, but they said that he got into criminology so he could learn to be a better criminal instead Jeez. of like wanting to like be a... a Wow. Yeah, so he's a strange bird. But there's pictures. I think that the cops were on to him mm -hmm. for a while. And there's actually videos of him getting pulled over by the cops. And he's driving, you know, across country, just like some of these other crazy killers that did that stuff. You know, you know that's really interesting. And one of the things that's uh, that's intrigued me in particular about this movie into like this going into Austin and some of these areas is like rolling back and looking back how long some of these things could have been going on without it making any kind of splash because no one had ever heard of this modus operandi. And uh, I know you said you believe before that this basically kind of uh, maybe came along with the birth of the internet and the ability to share information and things like that. But uh, it kind of makes you think about different crimes you might've heard of that were unsolved around water that you just assume, well, they, they're drowned. You know, that's, that's what happened. My understanding is that you could go back and look through New York City and apparently the mob used the water to like dispose of bodies. So that was a common way to do it because it got rid of evidence or confused the cops or they wouldn't find the body. So I think other kind of criminal, you know, types were, were doing that in the past. But this is kind of a different thing oh, yeah. where they're not like criminal rivals or something in another mob. This is like guys, you know, uh, victims coming from bars who were in a vulnerable position. I mean, but you're right. You had to kind of go back through and look at all these old cases to kind of see. And there's other cases that keep popping up. Like, I didn't know some of these cases that happened in Canada. Mm -hmm. And there's similar modus operandi deaths, like, of this type that don't involve just men. There's a lot, a lot of indigenous, what, what we would call Indians, or indigenous deaths in Thunder Bay in Canada. They've had, mm -hmm. like, 10 body dumps like that. Like this. Yeah. So so it's like somebody who's criminally minded, like figured out how to, you know, trick the cops or something like that. Yeah. And uh, and because of perhaps the Internet and the ability to share things on like the dark web, which I wouldn't even know how to get on the dark web. I mean, like, you know, you hear the word. What is that? There are what, ways what? to do it. I haven't gone on to it because I don't ever want to get. I don't want to. I don't want to get, get associated with get any, busted. Yeah. anything in that realm. But like, you know, the people who are apt to do that, to be able to share these things before were if someone was apt to want to live out their sick fantasies, had to kind of feel on their own. And uh, and now people there, can go back and look at cases and go, well, this guy did this and didn't get busted or whatever, you know. And uh, to me, that's horrifying. Now, you'd mentioned that there were also um, some cases in Houston, which is right down the road, an hour and a half from me. I'll be in Houston tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Um, spend a lot of time in use in the office, Texas fishing game magazine that I work for is actually based out of Houston. And, um, you know, once again, university town, uh, huge metro area at the hub, the hub in America of human trafficking. Well, this is one case Ridge Cole mm -hmm. and somebody sent this. This is a poster. It says 
Rich Cole was a huge one. It was he, was, he wasn't drinking at a bar. Mm-hmm. He was from out of town and at Houston mm-hmm. Hospital campus for medical care for mm-hmm. his son. So this is like another out of towner. Like maybe somebody yep. figured out he was out of town. He was found in water. So you know, there's a couple other cases uh, as well as this guy in Houston. I just don't have him yeah. available right now. But it's happening all over the place. People really need to be uh, concerned. Like they just more and more cases are being found. Well, well, that's all I wanted to have you back on, only because it's in Texas. Because my realm here in the Dark Outdoors podcast is the outdoors world, and this is water. People fish on Lady Bird Lake. People fish and kayak and spend time in, in these in these different kind of areas and are people that might be apt to potentially seeing a body dump or seeing some kind of a clue that maybe someone wouldn't see. So hopefully getting some of this information is some outdoors lovers. Number one, we'll make them think before going to party too hard at one of these bars. Uh, number two, they may see something while they're out there fishing on a kayak that goes, hey, you know, that looks a little, I heard something on that podcast. Maybe I need to report that or something like that. Right, and I talked about that on my last show. Is people need to keep an eye out for these symbols and things, and just mm-hmm. be aware of what's going on. There's just mm-hmm. so many strange things going on. Let me, right, let me play this video. This is interesting. This is a guy on site. He saw like all kinds of weird satanic signs, and mm-hmm. he literally I found a body. Is when I noticed the guy in the um, like a black hoodie. It wasn't huh. large or anything. Whoa. It was just just a guy in a black hoodie, just kind of super concerned about what was going on over here was was he here prior to you getting here i if he was i don't remember like mind you i wasn't paying too much attention to that area i had your focus is over in this room this is i was walking down here because this is my spot okay so so did what about this graffiti so that's yeah that's another thing so when i posted the picture in the group chat i didn't notice any of the graffiti on here but then someone pointed out that there's wow. actually you know satanic graffiti here there's like a six, 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 six. and whether or not it was here before the, the the incident happened i don't know but the person who pointed that that out did tell me that here um back in the you know the riverside montopolis area and all the homelessness there is a known satanic like cult type mm, thing. Okay. there's lots wow. of satanic occult symbols that are graffiti in the um one of the tunnels that did are you, there. but you didn't see anybody spray painting this. anybody come over here and spray mm. paint anything like that this was already here when i came over okay yeah, this was our everything and was the, the gentleman who was over here what did he look like i mean it was dark the sun had already gone down at this point it so that guy dark. wasn't here when you first got here it was just this guy if he was here, he was hiding there waiting. Okay. Just hanging out. Gotcha. You know, but whenever I was over here and I started the phone call and I, I came over this way, he was extremely concerned about what I was doing over here. Mm. And Did he say anything to you? No, because he was gone before the police came. But he was looking at you and watching he what you were definitely doing. Looking. I was looking for lights on the street. I was waiting for the police to come. So I was half paying attention to him, half paying attention to the lights, you know? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and how how long after you found the body did you actually call the police? Maybe an hour and a half, maybe. Okay. An hour. Um and, and that's and that's how long after you realized the that it was a dead body did you call the police? When I was one hundred percent for sure it was a dead body, I called the police. Yeah, so that's like the benefit of actually kind of going wow. into and looking, you know, talking to people yourself. Yeah. You, know, you know, the interesting thing, just pure speculation, but watching this, you know, I didn't catch the whole video, which I'll go back and watch, but it sounded like it was after dark 
This guy goes down there, and um, it's almost like did he walk up on a body dump or right. um, or, or no, the body about to be disposed of and put in the water? Just a lot of unanswered questions. But one thing I have learned, and when I first went to college for journalism many years ago, and got into doing wildlife investigative things. I always thought, no, if you, you definitely don't want to always just take that bizarre rabbit trail first. You want to let the facts. I've kind of learned the stranger stuff is, the more true it seems to be these days. It's almost... There's strange it's, things happening in the world. There's no question. So. <laughs> it's almost like, well, I better really look at this because it's really weird. And that stuff usually ends up having some kind of basis of truth. You know, and um, well, I know the feeling. Man. Pray, prepare, and pack heat. It's time for some dark outdoors defense strategies and techniques. The greatest self-defense weapon that we all have is our mind. God created an incredible thing with the human brain, and we have to use it in the wild, and of course, in all areas of life. In season one of Dark Outdoors, we interviewed author Stephen Michaud with his work with Ted Bundy. And he talked about how Bundy would fake injuries to get women to help him and then kill them. I want you to think about scenarios of being down hiking trails or along lakes like we're talking about in this program. Or, of course, in the backcountry. And someone says, hey, I need you to help me carry this. Or, hey, I'm injured. Can you help me here? Are they really injured? You need to use your brain to assess the situation. Think about it for a second. And if you feel like something's off or you observe something that doesn't look quite right, back off and say, hey, I'm going to go back and get you help. That is the best scenario, especially if you're a woman and, of course, if you're alone. But I also want you to think about this. We have to help people, but we have to use our judgment on what's going on. Don't always think you got to help right now at this second Many times, the situation you need help with, if they really are in danger, are going to be things that you would need to go get help for anyway. Be especially cautious if it's a grown man, but also be cautious of women. We know that human traffickers often use young girls to entice other young girls, saying things like, hey, I need help, or these people are after me, can you take me in? So criminals are becoming very sophisticated as this program you know, talks about. So think about the situation. Even if you see a young woman, hey, I need help with this. Think about where you're at. Look around. Simply taking a look and sometimes reveal things and say, hey, I can get help. Let me go back and do that or let me make a call and then back off. Because our goal here is for you to be able to go home to your family on every trip you take into the wild. Something that's interesting, like we, we saw, so I couldn't really see what the symbols other than the upside down cross. I can make that out on these trees you mentioned. I think it's that six six six. I think there was a six six six. Okay, uh, when you when you think about uh, the symbolism and the smiley face icon and, and things like that, um, I know that there's been talk in occult circles. I watched on your video about some of these people believing the need to pollute the atmosphere, which is really hard to get my head around. But do you think in some of the symbolism, even the smiley face thing, you think some of this is to create an after effect of terror? Uh, I think so. I think, yeah. I think that might be the intent by some of them. And to yeah. kind of, they would call it in the 9A, like facilitate long-term change, aeonic change. Okay. So by taking Christians out of the game or killing them or people yeah. they think might be very successful. Yeah. They're doing their part where they can't have any political 
power. Mm-hmm. This is maybe their way of changing society. Wow. Society yeah. that might be that dark. Yeah, sixth scary stuff. You, you mentioned things like uh, unknown groups. There may be unknown groups. This guy, Latunsky, who I mentioned earlier, he may yeah. be part of some group that is just like a group of 10 guys doing stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. Who yeah, exactly. aren't even named in the public. Like, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the thing about this, I mean, these whoever's pulling this stuff off has got brains because they're doing it in a way that obviously hasn't led to any, you know, hasn't led to a whole lot of prosecutions here. All right. Well, somebody may have been busted, but they just didn't get busted for all their crimes. For all their like, crimes. There was yeah. one guy who just mm-hmm. got finally sentenced in Toronto. He got caught for one, but did how many other ones did he do that they didn't tie him to? His yeah. name was William von Nudigem. Mm-hmm. So some of these guys may get busted. They just get popped for one. They don't get popped for all the serial killings. Yeah, and, th- and that's an interesting thought about tying all these things together. But I think it's important for documentaries like you will put those uh, we'll put those links up in uh, the podcast and all these things to be out there to make people think, especially young men in this situation. Um, you know, be careful because I think young men often think, almost always think they're invincible. Yes. Um, and whereas a lot of young women um, maybe think, well, let's let's hang out in groups and stay together, even when we go to the bathroom at a club or whatever. Watch our drink all the time, right? Yeah, and and men don't. So this is something certainly to uh, circulate in terms of information and things like that. But it also, to me, just speaks of like a new wave, a new kind of threat that is. Um, that it's out there that that we haven't maybe thought about people thinking things out this far and and uh, and the the mystery of all this and the difficulty of connecting dots. You know, this is not an these are not easy cases. And I mean, if I didn't know of a potential thing like the smiley face killer phenomenon, and I just heard of drowning in the lake, I'd leave it at drowning in the lake. But now, if I look at the headline and it's like you know, twenty eight year old drowned in the lake. Hold on a second, young male, and then the next week it's a you know a thirty year old. It makes you want to, you know, maybe maybe there is definitely something there. And once again, my audience, you know, outdoors people, if you're out there and you see anything bizarre, even some symbolism like a occult stuff or smiley face symbols, um, and you think it might help a case or whatever, you know, send that information to authorities and things like that or whatever. Document what you can, and uh, but something that I have to ask because. When you go into multi-jurisdictional, um, you know, even international things like this, it seems like it would be impossible for some of these cases to go on without someone potentially in law enforcement overlooking things. There was a Secret Service agent showed up to the district attorney with the mother. Really? Oh, yeah, that popped up. And then so I don't know what's going on, but you just said about taking pictures. This somebody took this picture by the Lexfold murder mm-hmm. in Austin, and you can see the smiley face vampire smiley face. There it is, right there. Downward uh, pentagram. That's the right there. I don't know what all that means. I think there's a skull there too. So mm-hmm. there's weird stuff out there that people need to take pictures of and yeah, and memorialize. So please do that. Like be your own sleuth. I, I really thank you for your in-depth level of research on these things what i liked about your documentary you literally went down the line and told the details of the cases and you put when when you had an an opinion you said hey this is kind of what i think is happening but a lot of it you just put a lot of facts out there and let people kind of make up their own conclusions to those facts and for me it was like oh man i have to go 
do a show on this or something because my people, fishermen and stuff, are in the areas this stuff's going down, you know? Yeah. And uh, I tell you this, it messed up the smiley face symbol for me. <laughs> yeah, it messed up for me too. But now you see it everywhere. It's in the art. It's in the theaters. It's it all is. this whole symbol. It and is. So something weird is going on underneath the surface. I don't know. I'm not initiated, so I wouldn't know. But there's weird <laughs> stuff going out. People need to be careful. It's a different time. You're in a different. It's the third millennium. You know, you're in a different world than it was back in the day. So people need to. You go, my God, that kind of abuse is happening. And then you think about the level of organized predation like this. And it's a scary time. But, you know, we, we can't be informed. I'm a follower of Christ. I believe in shining light. And I believe in informing people and letting people know what's going on. And once again, like uh, William posted here, this photo taken with that, that kind of Dracula looking smiley face there uh, with some other satanic imagery. Um, if you see something out there, post it, share it, let people know. And uh, before we go here, I want to thank you again for taking time to talk about these cases in Texas and refreshing us on this phenomenon. But you always have some kind of book, investigation, documentary. So what's the latest in William Ramsey Investigates? Oh, I've just been busy on my podcast. People can check everything out at William Ramsey Investigates. I'm of over 900 episodes. And I'm covering this. You know, I just did a show yesterday with Jim Smith. So I'm trying to keep up with these cases, but just doing other stuff as well. So I've been busy with the podcast, but I have a couple of projects I'll be putting out here in the next month or two. Yeah, good deal. And uh, yeah, same here. Got my wildlife podcast doing season, season two of the Dark Outdoors podcast. And uh, what a way to kick it off with this one. Uh, <laughs> wild stuff. Always, thank you so much for your right, friendship Justin. and for your ability to, uh, to really cut through the research and bring great stuff to the public. I appreciate what you do. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Thanks. If you would like to share your dark outdoor story, email Chester at ChesterMoore.com. If you would like a PDF file of my personal survival tips, put survival in the subject line. Read my wildlife writings and follow my Higher Calling Wildlife and Higher Calling Gulf Coast podcast at HigherCalling.net. Remember, never enter the wild without prayer and preparation.